what does it mean to pursue holiness today on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook? Let's go. Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you. We're going to have a great time today in the Word. Um, first, before we get going, School of the Prophets every Tuesday. Now, here's that JPEG again, by the way, so you know where to text and do all that and sign up. It has been amazing. It has been fantastic. So I want to invite you again. It's free every week. It's free. You can come. You can come one week, maybe miss a week. You can get all the videos, but you really want to get in the Zoom meeting. That's why you want to register, because then you get to prophesy and be prophesied to. And that is the goal of that. So uh, really hope you'll join us every Tuesday night. It's been a lot of fun. You can share that with other people. Bring a couple friends along. It is great. And we always put the new people, what we call, in the hot seat. And they get prophetic ministry, and that's what's fun about that. So we have a great time with that and love that. Okay, and then also I want to make you aware that Sunday, May 22nd, I began to release a word of revelation that I've been encountering the Lord on since uh, March. And I'm, I'm preparing the Gate Church for June 5th, uh, Pentecost, or Feast of Weeks. And so go to the gatejacks.com website or go to our app, we're also, it's also broadcast on YouTube and Facebook, but if you want to go to those two places and you can sit there and watch Sunday's message, I'll be preaching on it again this coming Sunday, and then I'll be preaching on it June 5th. So you're going to want to get in this message. I got This is a word of the Lord, um, and so I want you to understand where what the Lord's been speaking to me. And, I, and by the way, it's going to have something to do with consecration, so let's get into that. Now, the question is, how have me and you been called? Now, the Bible tells us, okay, the Bible tells us that you and I have been called with a holy calling. This is what it says in Hebrews 3.1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Okay, 2 Timothy 1.9 says this. He who has saved us and called us with a holy Calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. God has a purpose for all of us. And whether you know what that purpose is or not, you're going to want to pay attention to what I'm saying today. Because I want to fully equip you. You want to get equipped for the work God has called you. Now, some people think that's ministry, but it's not. First work he has called us to is, number one, to... Uh, pray to be, number one for me, to be the husband I wanted to be, he wants me to be, to be the father he wants me to be, to be the friend he wants me to be. Forget about ministry if you're not in ministry. Let's just talk about those things, okay? To be the worker he wants me to be, uh, the employee and all those things. So I got to be equipped to do that, okay? And it this really did help me to adjust my attitude, adjust my thought process. The Word of God changed all that with me. But let's talk about uh, some of these things. So um, the question is, can you and I have any effect? Now, what you have to understand is that when you gave your life to Jesus, number one, you became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5. 
and, and that's it. Okay, you are a new creation, and you're you when you gave your life, and you know, Bible says when you come up out of the water, you put on the new man. And so when you did that, you became as righteous as you're ever going to become. But that doesn't mean you understand how to walk righteousness out. And well, that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. But then when you receive the Holy Spirit, he comes in, takes up his home in you. And what does that mean? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. That's amazing you asked the perfect questions. So what does it mean? It means that your spirit has now become the most holy place. It's in you. It's also in heaven. It's okay. So it's not just in you. It's in your neighbor who's a believer. It's in my children who are believers. It's in my wife who's a believer. Okay, I'm not the only place. It's not confined to one place. But listen to this. This is in the Passion Translation, Ephesians 2.21. This entire building, it's talking about the church, is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as a holy temple. Of the Lord himself. Not in the Lord, but of the Lord himself. Because he's the head of this temple. Okay. This means that God is transforming each one of you. Into the Holy of Holies. His dwelling place. Through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. You know, you got a hunger for the Holy Spirit, folks. <clears throat> you got a hunger for Holy Spirit. A lot of people... If I compared myself by myself, I'm not wise, the Bible says. And so a lot of people think they're doing great in Jesus. Because they might be one of only believers that they, they have around them. <clears throat> so they are comparing themselves by that what's around them, but not according to Christ, not according to the scriptures. And that's where it has to, that's where our comparison has to go. All right. So now the problem is, I want to read you, well, there's a problem. <laughs> so let's read this. Okay. That is not the right place. Sorry, that happens. Verse 14 of 2 Timothy 2. Now, this. listen to what Paul writes here to Timothy. Remind me, uh, remind them of these things, charge them before the Lord. Do not strive about the words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to the more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Harmonious and Philodus are of the sort, who having strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection has already passed, they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I teach about iniquity, but iniquity is like the desire to sin, where sin is the action. Iniquity is the thing that's in you to do it. So, there are those who are just iniquity-filled. They desire to do evil. They have a desire to do it. Depart from iniquity. All right? But in a great house, as such as even the Lord's house, or the great temple, in a great house there are not only vessels of God, uh, I'm sorry, of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, 
some for honor and some for dishonor. So, you know, if you're going to go to a millionaire's house, he might have great artwork on the, on the wall. You know, might have a vase or a statue there of great value. And then he might also just have something that the wife picked up at Target. You know what I mean? And it, and it doesn't have any value. Well, in, in, a, in a king's palace, you would have, what he's saying is you'd have people in there of great stature, but you also have servants. You also have people who don't know how to conduct themselves or whatever. Okay? Now this is what he says. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the masters, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. All right, let's let's talk about this. The vessels of honor are those who know how to carry themselves in holiness. The vessels of dishonor are those who don't know how to do it or are walking a compromised life. You want to be a vessel of honor in the house of the Lord. You don't want to be a vessel of dishonor. You don't want to be a, a vessel of corruption or compromise. All right? So can we actually do something? Well, Paul says here, if we cleanse ourselves, and what do you mean cleanse ourselves? It means to stop doing what you're doing. Okay? Now, how do you know? Here's the problem. How do you know what is acceptable and what is not acceptable? When you got born again, when I got born again, okay, when I got born again, I was married. But let's say I wasn't married. Let's say I was living with my girlfriend, but me and my wife were married. I get born again, but let's just say we weren't married. And I find out by reading the word, wait a minute, you shouldn't be sleeping with someone who's not your wife. I have a couple ways to cleanse myself. Number one, I'm going to have to repent. Okay, ask God to forgive me and he will cleanse me. But I also have to decide, okay, if I really love her, then marry her. But if I don't love her in the relationship, that's what would have to transpire. I can't go, I, well, I come to you and you've cleansed me, but I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. That's not cleansing yourself. That's why it doesn't say the Lord's cleansing you here. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we sin, that we can confess our sins to the Father and he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But that doesn't mean we don't have any part. We have to stop doing what we're doing. Like we have to say no to it. So let's just say you get born again and you find out that, you know, fornication is wrong, which is sex outside of marriage. And you go, oh, Lord, forgive me. It doesn't mean you can go out tomorrow and, f and hook up again. I know it's gross and crash. I know it's I'm sorry, but I'm not a Christian podcast, but it's truth. And I want you to hear it. Okay, what what about if you come to the Lord and you find out you're you know you're a homosexual and you find out homosexuality is not just sin, it's an abomination to the Lord because it leaves the natural use of things. It goes against creation. It goes against His created order itself. Like here's the thing, God created men and women to sleep together. 
He did not create men and men to sleep together. So that's why homosexuality is worse than fornication or adultery, because it's not leaving the natural use, even though it is sin, because it's leaving the described relationship. Understand? All right. So that's the difference. People go, well, why is homosexuality not you know different? That's why. Because it, it when 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 you go against God's design, you are rejecting him as the designer and creator of all things. Okay. Now, this is what so I gotta know. I, I don't know. Like I when I got born again, I wasn't giving. You know what I found out instantly was I got a tithe. The tithe belongs to the Lord. And we started tithing. And it took about three weeks, and we started tithing. And I had to cancel some stuff. I didn't have, you know, I had to reduce my budget so I could afford the tithe. And we did that. That was one of the first things we did. Was like, we're going to tithe. I think I started at 10%. I got myself up to 11 as quick as I could. Got myself up to 12, and I started increasing my giving. And then I started giving outside to missionaries and ministries, all those things. I give to the poor and all this stuff. But I didn't do it right away. I had to learn that what does the scripture say about my finances? What does the scripture say about my marriage? What does the scripture say about being a father? What does the scripture say about being a husband? What does the scripture say about being a neighbor, of being an employee or an employer or a citizen or a brother in the Lord? What does it say about things? I got to learn how to walk these things out. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped, maybe, I'm sorry, complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to be equipped for every good work, thoroughly equipped? You want to be complete? You can't leave out the word of truth, the Bible. Okay, and you have to search it out. You have to study. You have to find out what God said. We have, we have so many so such access to easy things today. Then I then when I was uh, got saved, where I had to use a big concordance and look up words all the time. All right, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter six and let's read this here. O Corinthians, verse eleven. O Corinthians, now read the whole chapter. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Let me tell you something. The thing that can damage my walk is where I put my affections. Okay? Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Bilal? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. And I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. 
Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Says the Lord Almighty. Isn't that beautiful? That is really beautiful to me. I don't know about you, but I kind of like it. All right. I think that's Isaiah uh, 52. All right. So I suggest that we we think about that, that we meditate on that. Also, I think it also references Ezekiel's, um, uh, Ezekiel uh, 37, 26, and 27. Come out. Stop being unleaving. Now listen to what this is. Now, listen. Therefore, having these promises. What's the promises? That God will dwell amongst us and in us. This is the promise of God. Since this promise is so good, these this is because of these promises, beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It didn't say obtaining holiness. It says perfecting. See, the Holy Spirit is in me. He's holy. And what I had to do is I had to get my mind renewed by the word of God. Why? So I would think upon him. So I would learn how to take my thoughts captive. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, remember it says there's action. It says that perfecting, uh, to, re, to remove myself from all filthiness, just not in my flesh, but my mind and my spirit. Get rid of all filthy thoughts. So I could perfect walking out this holiness with God in a way that gets pleasing to God. He loves me. Don't get me wrong. He loves me and you. That's the only reason why this works. Okay? Let me just tell you that. It's not to earn his love. If he didn't love you, this wouldn't work. You wouldn't have grace. You wouldn't have favor. You wouldn't know his son. This is all because he's manifesting his love to you. And so I had to learn how to do this. I had to, I had to think about, um, wait a minute, that thought wasn't right. I had, to, I had to think about, you know, when I yell at my wife, is that right? Oh, that's not right. I got I to gotta ask her to forgive me and I got to work on that. You know, um, you know when, if, I, if, if I'm, you know, like talk back to my boss, is that right? Was that a good example? Probably not. Probably wasn't, you know. I, I probably need to deal with that. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you an instance that happened to me at work. I um I was an air traffic controller back then. <clears throat> and I had this Southwest jet that um wanted to climb up to 37, and out of 35,000, I gave him a shortcut because he can get a shortcut at 37,000 feet. And he was climbing, but he got stuck at 36.6. Very warm day over Florida, and he just couldn't get up there. He got stuck at 36.6. And he's trying and he's trying, he's trying. The plane just won't go any higher. And he ends up getting with another guy at 35. Wasn't anything close or anything, but I have to go down before the chief. And I go in there and there's this table of people, you know. But I could have sat there and said, hey, chief, um, I'm turning in the pilot. Because the pilot, there's a thing called FARS, Federal Aviation Regulations. A pilot must maintain 500 feet per climb or otherwise advise uh, air traffic control. So in other words, if a plane begins a climb and he doesn't maintain 500 feet of climb, he's an error. Well, and it took him eight minutes to go from 36.6 to 37. So that's like, you know, 48 feet per climb or something like that. So he was well short. And so he didn't report it. I could have actually, you know, got him turned in. But you know what? My I, I went into the chief 
Now, normally they want to correct you. They want to retrain you. They want to do all this punishment stuff. I walked over and I sat down. Chief Armstrong, great guy, black guy, great guy, just great guy. And I just looked at him and I said, Chief, I want to ask your forgiveness for letting that happen. My fault. That will never happen again. Um, I'm sorry. That wasn't me doing my job to the best. And I'm just asking you to forgive me. Now, I didn't have to say that. I'm not, I got a union rep. Nothing harsh is going to really happen to me. And the chief looks at me and goes, well, let's put him back to work. That's what the chief says. And now they're all mad because they all want it. And they go, no, no, we got to give him retraining. And, I, you know, I didn't say nothing. Chief started defending me. Retrain him for what? We've never had a guy. He goes, we've never had anyone come in here and take responsibility ever for anything. He goes, that's the first guy who's ever come in here and said, my fault never happened again. Now, because they argue, Chief goes, anything, what, what do you think caused it? I said, well, and look, I was busy. I had a lot of aircraft, but I gave him a shortcut out of 35. And I had this one guy who just wanted, like, your fault, blah, 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 blah. I said, well, if you want to keep going, we can turn in the Southwest pilot. And the Chief goes, why? I said, because if you look at the data, he was, he hit, it took him eight minutes to get from 36.6 to 37,000 feet. Someone said, what? what? What about that? I said, well, the FAR says he has to maintain 500 feet of climb. Otherwise, advise ATC. He didn't do that. He broke regulations. His fault. If you want to get technical, it's actually his fault. And so, I, by the way, they just put me back to work. Okay, I think they had, they had someone just monitor me and say, yeah, he's good. It's like really stupid thing. Because it really was the, by the way, it was the pilot's fault, but it was also my fault. Because if I had kept my eye on it a little bit better, of course, we, we're, we're trained to kind of look at this, and the guy's only got 100. All the guy, by the way, had to do is click 100 feet more. So there was no reason for me to think he wasn't going to get there. Like, there really wasn't a reason. He should have got there. But it's all right. I took responsibility for it. I wouldn't have done that before Christ. I wouldn't have. I know I wouldn't have. <laughs> before Jesus, I wouldn't have been in there doing that. Um, this is 10... 11 years into being an air traffic controller, okay? And so, obviously, Jesus did something to, in my heart. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I had another controller got up and um, was mad that I was a Christian and literally said he was going to beat the crap out of me. And uh, I turned around and said, dude, what's the problem? Man? I love you. You know? And I wouldn't have done that before Jesus either. I always said, well, that's just a butt whooping I guess I'm going to have to take, you know. But, you know, these are things that you learn how to walk out. And then the, it seems like the grace starts working that through you when you agree with the word and you agree with the spirit of God. You go, I want to be different. He begins to work this. But if you don't know, if you don't know that you're supposed to love your enemies, you know, you might be taught, I believe in Jesus, but it's eye for an eye. And some people are taught that, believe it or not. And justify that. So, uh, you know, that's why the word of God is so important. But you have to cleanse yourself. So now you're reading the word. And you find an area that you're struggling in. Well, of course, that's your stronghold. So you go, you got to start asking out, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. And by the way, when you're done asking God to forgive you and cleanse you and you pray, you stay focused on the Lord, not focused on your sin. If you focus on your sin, it'll pop back up because... Whatever you focus on, waters it, feeds it, it grows. Focus on the Word of God. Focus on Jesus. Focus on just picturing, walking with the Lord. Lord, you're so wonderful. I just thank you to be with me. I just thank you that you're here with me. 
and you'll walk differently. But we have to start dealing with the attitude in the church that we never want to talk about cleansing ourselves and consecrating ourselves because we don't want to upset anyone in the church because they might not come back. We don't want to create that culture in the church. We don't want to create a culture where um, people think it's okay to uh, walk contrary to God. We do not want to do that at all. And that is being cultivated a little bit in the church. And if you're going to pursue God and pursue His holiness, it's not to obtain it. It's to walk it out. It's to perfect it so it increases in you. So the Holy of Holies lingers into the holy place and then lingers out into the outer court. And then you start walking out your righteousness and holiness in God. We're going to talk about, you know, remember holiness deals with proximity. We'll try to cover that next week. Okay? We're going to at least get cleansed and sanctified. And then we'll talk about inviting the Spirit of the Lord to rest on us next week on the Week of the Kingdom Outlook. Hey, thanks for watching. Share this. Put a comment below. I would love it if you do that. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.